I'm joined by Marta Ventura from the Insight Project. Um, the Insight Project is an organization that works to combat human trafficking in Luxembourg through community action. And on Friday, they held a roundtable discussion at the Abbey Nomenster in the Conference of Orange Week, uh, which is an ongoing program of events designed to raise awareness around violence against women uh, organized by CNFL here in Luxembourg. Good morning, Marta. Hi, good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for having me today in the show. Thank you very much for for joining me. Could you tell us about the Inside Project and the work that you do here in Luxembourg? So the Inside Project is intended to actually raise awareness and combat human trafficking in Luxembourg. So it was um, envisaged that a community in action can actually make a a change. And so the ILO and the IOM estimates from 2021 um, uh, estimate that it's actually around 50 million people all around the world that have been or are in a situation of modern-day slavery. And 22 million million enforced marriages. And from this 22 million, 90% are actually women and children. And so nothing better than on the International Day for Abolition of Slavery to actually have a conference on where did we come from the abolition of slavery, the official abolition of slavery, to the facts and figures that we have currently today. And how has slavery actually affected women and children? And what what has been the legacy? And so we had a really nice conversation on Friday. Um, and uh, I, I can say that it was impactful, that uh, it, the feedback that we have is is really good. And, um, and so I think that uh, one of our main goals that we actually have a, an active community in action is uh, is um, is really being accomplished. And we also had a lot of other partners that we uh, work with on a daily basis, uh, such as Amnesty International, Médecins du Monde, Planning Familial, Esperanza House. And so all of this uh, network can actually make a difference in survivors' life. Um. When you think about human trafficking, I think it's kind of easy to imagine that it's something that happens outside of the place that you live in. But um, of course, there are victims of human trafficking in Luxembourg. What does human trafficking look like here and how big of a problem is that in this country? So we do have quite a few victims of human trafficking in forced labor, and that is one of the main uh, victims that we find in Luxembourg. But we also have sexual forced uh, victims as well. And um, one of the things that always keeps in my mind is that we always think, oh, no, but these are just a vulnerable group. These are really foreigners that are going to come and they are going to be exploited. And uh, this actually is happening quite a lot. Um, But another thing... Thing is the grooming and the lover boy system and this can happen to an educated woman such as myself that goes to the supermarket and this was one of the cases that we had a woman went to the supermarket she was groomed by a very handsome guy that was part of a network uh, for a sexual forced exploitation. And so what they did was their sexual encounter was actually streamed online through CCTV cameras. And so her encounter, her privacy was being broadcast to all over the world for a higher profit of who was uh, actually not, not really 
threatening her, but deceiving her. And so human tra uh, trafficking can happen through also deception, through um, not only through the, the threats that we somehow have with Nigerian women that come here, with Portuguese men that come here to work in construction, but also with um, women like myself that are groomed into a, a position such as that. And then the shame and um, the threats that they might receive would prevent them from actually presenting a complaint in, uh, with the police and taking the case to court. And how does the, the Inside Project help those victims, um, Luxembourg? What, how, how, what kind of shape does your work take? So first of all, we, we try to explain their rights. And their rights is that they actually can go, they present the charges, and they will be protected by the judiciary police. They will have access to the services that are allowed for victims of domestic, um, for, for victims of human trafficking here in Luxembourg. The issue is mainly with the, the shame that surrounds them, and also the fact that majority of these victims are actually being trafficked from countries where their own families can be threatened. And this way, the judiciary Judiciary police is actually not going to have a lot of uh, power to protect the families back at their countries of origin. And so this is where we actually give the voice back to the victims, give them the empowerment that was stolen from them. And so we have a legal team that always goes together with them, explains the rights, but we also have a counseling team that explains that they have the power to decide for themselves what is best because only the, the victim in a specific um, case at, uh, case by case uh, can really understand what is better for them. Mm. Um, you mentioned that the, the conference that you held recently at the Abbey Neumannster uh, was a success and you discussed um, the, the legacy of slavery and how it takes forms in the modern day. Uh, who, was, who was speaking there? And, um, and tell us a little bit about what the topics that came up and, and maybe some questions that were asked. Absolutely. So one of the main points of um, the, of our conference was actually a reading by Dr. Chika Onigwe, and she's a, an awards prize and a best uh, seller. And she was reading from her novel, um, which which was based on her research on the red light district in Antwerp, which is just across uh, the border in uh, from uh, from Belgium. Luxembourg, mm -hmm. and um, and so. She she actually was reading from Black Sister Street, and uh, the fact is that this uh, book tells us the story of four women from Nigeria who are lured and deceived into coming to Luxembourg. And so we talked about the how can we actually dismystify the European myth together with these uh, women. And so the problem that we normally face is that every single time that they come here, and they are lured and they are deceived and they are face to face with a nightmare where they are sold, they are auctioned. Um, and this still happens as in the, the 18th century, um, the same type of practice between traffickers. Um, victims are still branded, not with a hot iron, but with the tattoos now, but it still happens. And so we were talking about all of this and also how to identify victims of human trafficking nowadays days. Um, and so this is um, a main problem when we are on our day-to-day -day basis and we can actually go to a restaurant and see if the waiter is really um, uh, fatigued and uh, tired 
is he having enough rest? Because a lot of our victims from human trafficking, they work 21 hours per day. They do not have the right to rest. They do not have any right to even request for a holiday. And their salaries are always late. So if they are promised 2,000 euros per month, if they receive 300 per month, it's, it's already a lot. And so we work together with the ITM also, with the Judiciary Police in order to actually bring forth your suspicious, analyze them, and if indeed they are correct, bring them to the police, and if the victim really wants to present charges as well. So it's always providing the power again to the victim. Mm-hmm. The problem that we also um, discussed is that majority of these investigations, until they actually go to court, they might take three to four years. So for a victim here in Luxembourg to have their lives on, on, the, on this limbo for such a long time is really difficult. And then the Council of Europe reports, the TIP report from the Department of State, they always mention the same thing. Luxembourg is a very... Um, is a, is a known country for the impunity that traffickers will then have at court. So if a, a, if a victim is going through all of this uh, problem, is going to actually step up with a lot of courage to present charges against her abuser, against her trafficker, to then see that her trafficker just has a suspended sentence of 18 months that doesn't even go to jail, that that doesn't sound like justice for them. And this is why so many people that um, came after to talk to us, they say, well, I don't see the point of bringing charges because the process will not bring any justice. I will not see my perpetrators being sentenced and severely sentenced for the for the for the terrible crime that they have uh, done with me. And so this is one of the discussions that we also had uh, that came forth in the in the conference and and it really raised awareness for uh, a lot of our participants that were not aware of the dimension of this crime here in Luxembourg and how traffickers still benefit a lot from um, the fact that you have a really high profit and really low risk. And one of the things that we also discussed was with a main holding company that holds uh, Pornhub. And this uh, holding company is MindGeek, which is established in uh, Boulevard Royal, just here in the city center of Luxembourg. And so... We have uh, the Canadian authorities, the U.S. authorities, the French authorities discussing how to um, actually act with Pornhub because of the the videos that are uploaded of uh, children and teenagers and young adults, um, which they do not consent to being uploaded in their privacy and their um, videos and photos are just being uploaded and distributed for the higher profit. And this is something that we really continuous dis- uh, have to continuously discuss here in Luxembourg as well. What can Luxembourg do? Because the holding company and the profits from this platform are actually arriving to Luxembourg. So you would say that the, the answer is to increase the risk for traffickers so that they get uh, more severe punishments for, for their actions when they're taken, when they're charged with their crimes. Exactly. That is one of the things that uh, we we do need. Effective um, prosecution and effective sentencing can have a deterrent effect on human trafficking. And so this is what we want to see. We want to see the law being applied. 
And so the minimum uh, penalty for this type of uh, crimes is five years, mm. very, very far away from the suspended sentences that are being given today by the courts in Luxembourg. I just want to take you back to the situation that you um, mentioned before about uh, maybe you see a restaurant worker that is overtired and, and if you have a suspicion that you come across somebody that you think might be a victim, what is the course of action to take first? So we, we do... Um tell you not to not to really tip the trafficker mm. so do not uh, go back to the waiter and say well i can rescue you now and uh, we can get out uh, both of us uh, by the front door because normally this doesn't happen um so we would say call us uh, our phone number is 621-637-637 or just go to the nearest police station and just report what you just saw so do not act by yourself if you are with a group of friends, just try to get more information. So how long have you been here? And um, how how did you come? How did you arrive? And majority of them are actually undocumented um, individuals here in Luxembourg. So the, the answers that you may have are maybe, maybe concealing the truth about uh, their forced exploitation because they are also afraid that they are going to be deported. And so this is where we have to be able to obtained information but without also um, scaring the victim so that the victim will just hide what is happening to them because this is the threat that the traffickers say. If you are actually going to say anything to anyone, we are just going to deport you and you are going to lose everything that you have ever worked for. And so a lot of them have this debt bondage, a lot of them have this economic vulnerable position that would not allow them to have a different choice. And this is where if we are talking about the choice of leaving and abandoning the situation where they are being trafficked or they, they are being exploited, when you do not have a choice because economically you actually depend on the little that the traffickers are giving to you and your family. And what about um, the situation of somebody that comes out of a situation where they're being trafficked? Are there resources? Because I'm sure it must be a difficult um, process to kind of... Um, get into normal life after that after an experience like that are there, are there yes. kind of resources available for so those you, people? you do have two different uh, types of victims with different types of trauma also and uh, the services that the Luxembourg um, authorities provide to these victims is uh, five star really I worked in India and Uganda and Ghana and I have never seen the type of services that we can actually have available for victims of human trafficking but it all starts with presenting charges mm -hmm. so here we have a very big um, underlying um, requirements, which is the victim needs to step out and present charges in order to obtain all of these services, mm -hmm. uh, accommodation, protection, enrollment with a dam so that they can actually go further with their lives and move on. And still, they have like three years or four years of this limbo because the case normally takes three to four years to get to court. But if you do not want to present charges because your family is being threatened back home, and this has happened quite a lot, especially with the Romanian and the Nigerian community, um, if you do not want to present charges because you are very much ashamed of what happened to you, and this happens a lot in the cases of the lover boy, the grooming, especially with teenagers and women that do not want to tell their story because they are ashamed, then they have no protection. 
then they, they do not have access to this kind of services that the government allows them to, to have if they present charges. And so this is where we are also stepping in and we can talk to you to the victims, we can have counselors and a team of psychologists, we have um, um, an expert in trauma that uh, is currently working with us and so this allows the victim to actually talk to us and provide uh, that type of service that will allow them to have some kind of closure if they are in the situation of already um, having been removed from the um, trafficking situation. If they are still not removed, we have to pay attention, not to um, put them against a wall so their trafficker is going to take consequences against them because, again, their safety and their uh, dignity is our main priority. And so we always step in or are always our actions are always thinking about the victim itself. What is better for the victim? How can we actually approach the situation in a way that will improve her situation and not actually put her in a in a down situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming up to the news, so I'm going to have to stop the interview there. But just finally, um, how can people uh, support the Insight Project? Um, where can they find you online? So our website is theinsightproject.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook on at Insight Luxembourg. And if you want to volunteer with us, if you want to, um, if you are a counselor, if you are a lawyer, if you are uh, someone just that wants to be part of our public campaigns and uh, conferences that uh, we schedule for prevention and uh, raising awareness, you can also reach out to us uh, via the, our phone number, 621-637-637. Okay. Thank you, uh, Marta, for joining us today. Thank and you, thank you for all the important work that you're doing. Thank you. Our City Radio.